Welcome back to the Brothers in the Deep End podcast. Speaking today is your host, Ethan Addison. I'm here today with all my brothers, all the hosts, all the co-hosts here. So we got my man here, Kevin Lopez. What up, what up, man? We got Casey Inkle. Yo. And we got Adrian over here. What's going on, what's going on? So on today's episode, we're going to be speaking about my brother, Casey Inkle, a.k.a. Case. With a period. Oof. Um, <laughs> brief, in, you know, just how I know Casey, you know, this is my brother. I knew him since middle school. Our bond has grew tremendously. Um, this guy just means everything to me. Um, if I had a blood brother, it would be him. He reminds me of myself in a lot of ways. Um, he definitely made me a better man, and I'm so grateful for, for this guy. Um, Casey's story is just like everyone else's on this podcast. You know, it's a little similar. But it's unique and different because it's your own story. Um, you know, growing up on the south side of Brooklyn, I think developed all our characters, especially with Casey's. Um, for those of you that may not know Casey, like us, you know what I'm saying? He's he's a United States uh, Marine Corps, a combat veteran. But this wasn't always the case, right? Never that. No, no, no. So he's here to talk about his story and his transition from high school, from, you know, a high school student to a Marine and now upcoming rap star. Yeah, I said it. Uh, upcoming rap star because we're going to speak into existence. Um, he recently just got back home from his tour in Afghanistan. And now he's finishing up his first major album, Detail to Drop Soon. Um, so, you know what, Casey? Just take us back to, you know, the upbringings of Casey. You know, your, your childhood Oof. real quick with your parents. All right, all right. So, you know, you know, something for you guys who don't know me, my name's uh, Casey Inkle. Um, born and raised Sunset Park, Brooklyn, New York, and Bay Ridge. Um, I come from a very traditional Hispanic family. You know, I'm pretty sure everyone here, most people in this room, could you know could relate to that a lot. Um, yeah, so you know, I I come from um, two parents. You know, like everyone, my mom, my dad. You know, Ethan knows my parents. They're both very great, amazing people. Uh, my mom raised me a lot of my life. She's a very you know hardworking woman. She's a corporate woman. She works at J.P. Morgan Chase. You know, she's done a lot for me my whole entire life. She's given me everything I needed. She taught me how to be smart, diligent, and she's she's literally, you know, everything to me. She's my mom. You know, my dad, on the other hand, he's a hella dope dude. He's amazing, and he taught me how to pretty much be a man, and he kind of showed me the streets of New York. You know, he showed me the streets of Brooklyn. He showed me the real side of things. You know, my mom gave me a different perspective. So, you know, that's how parents usually are, you know. Your mom's always going to be more empathetic and sympathetic, and your dad's always going to be a little bit more hard on you. In most right. cases, I'm right. not going to say that's everybody. Right. I, that's similar to me, too. Like, it's weird because my mom, it was like that, too. She gave me that care, but my dad showed me that real, you know, that real grit, mm -hmm. the really, like, the real cold side of this world and like prepared me for it. And I think your dad did that for you too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Your dad's a gangster. You know? Yeah, nah, if you guys know him, he's a, he's an OG, man. He just don't give a fuck about yeah. anything, dog. He's he crazy, he crazy. Right, so, okay, like, what's one thing about your mom that stands out and one thing about your dad, you know? Okay, so one thing about my mom, she's a Leo. That's very interesting to state, but she is literally like the HBIC. So like with my mom, like if you know her, she's literally always going to be, she has this mentality where she's like the head bitch in charge, but that's like a great trait I have because my mom will not settle for nothing less and she knows her worth, bro. Like mm. nothing less. Like my mom is one of the most strongest females I've ever met. She's been through so much. She's been through so much with me as well. You know what I'm saying? I didn't make her life the easiest growing up for sure. But, um, you know, she was outstanding and, you know, I... 
I owe her everything. Um, my father, on the other hand, he's, he's a pretty cool guy, too. He's way different compared to mom. They're literally like complete opposites, and it's really interesting, right? Opposites attract. Mm. You know, they're not together anymore. They kind of separated when I was one. But my dad, on the other hand, he's a, he's a nitty-gritty type guy, and, you know, he's very old-school, very traditional, like, Puerto Rican. I'm going to say gangster, I guess. You know, he's kind of like old-school Puerto Rican gangster. That's probably the best way to put him. And he's a, one thing I would say that's really, really good about him is, like, he's straight-up raw. Like, he doesn't care who he's talking to. He's always going to be real with you. He's going to be the realest man in the room. He's always going to tell you how he feels. Very vocal, very open. You know, my mom's very similar in that sense, but she will always say it in a very professional way, so it doesn't hurt you, but my dad just don't care. Bro. Yeah, your dad she sounds like no fuck. Yeah, doesn't give a fuck about how he you feel. He could hurt somebody's feelings if he wanted to. Oh, he much. don't give a shit. He was like, yeah, you hurt, bet. He's like, yeah. he's like, shake <laughs> the sand yeah, the out your vagina, bro. The truth hurts. That sounds like me a little bit, I would say. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like, you know, definitely how my, how my dad was. Um, you know, me and you, and especially Kevin over here, mm-hmm. we went to middle school with you and high school. Adrian went to the high school too. We went to Fort mm-hmm. Hamilton together. Yep. Yeah. So how was middle school? I want you talking about how was middle school for you, right? Mm-hmm. And then just transition to high school, you know what I'm saying? So talk about how was middle school for you then high school? Okay, so uh, my parents were very strict growing up. You know, um, most parents are, I think, at least I believe, you know, some parents aren't. But, you know, um, as a child growing up, at least in middle school, I personally believe, like, I didn't have, like, as much freedom as a lot of my friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, my parents would never let me walk home alone from school. They never let me hang out with other people's houses. So I was kind of sheltered, you know. I was always, like, to myself. I always, like, relaxed at home. Never really went out a lot. You know, Ethan probably can hear. Like, I used to see Ethan's pops all the time. Like, rest in peace to the king. But I used to see him all the time working out at the park. I used to see Ethan at the park when I would walk home. And I'm just like, damn, dog, like. I wish I could be outside Wait, working out. Wait, you was working out in, in the park with your yeah. pops? Yeah, so oh, every morning, son. Yeah, I said, I said, <laughs> yeah so so real quick story about me, and I'll just I'll just go back to Casey. So, um, in middle school, like my dad would always be there before 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 um like we five would, in the morning, yeah, bro. Yeah, before and like he'll meet up with me, be like, I right, come to the park, meet up with me, and we'll do like a quick little workout. Like I'll say, I'll do like two sets of five on push-ups and pull-ups. And I thought, I was like, oh, yeah, I got this working before everyone. And I just being with my father was cool. But what Casey is saying, I, I hear him out on that because with him being sheltered and whatnot. Because every time I used to try to invite Casey, I couldn't, I know I couldn't invite Casey nowhere. You know what I'm saying? It was just like he always was the kid to go home and most, like go home, go home right after classes ended, you know, the only time I saw Casey was in class. He didn't do much, you know what I'm saying? It was just, I was hanging out with me, or shout out one. I was hanging out with, you know, me and them after school and whatnot. And Casey was never there with us. He was always strictly home and playing video games like crazy. Like, this is a dude that just, you know, plays, went home and fiend on video games more combat. <laughs> and I know he can talk about that. And I know his parents, you know, I respect his parents a ton, but I know they were, re- like, his mother was really protective o- over him, you know, and... My mom is too, so I kind of could hear that, but my mom is not that strict where it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. yo, you're going right home. Like, she kind of gave me a leeway of, like, you know, having that traditional, like, New York City childhood story. You right. know what I'm saying? And Casey was just always, you know, in the crib playing games. But how did, like, you know what I'm saying? And then that transitioned to, like, high school as well, right? A little bit? Yeah. So, like, I'm going to say uh, the beginning of high school. So, this is when, like, you know, after I was done with middle school. You know, being pretty sheltered, uh, I joined the JRTC program in high school. Um, I wanted to do something that was, you know, a lot diff- a lot more different than like your regular traditional kid would do. So I chose a program that, you know, that I think not many people would do and not many people joined the military. So I joined the Army JRTC program at Fort Hamilton High School. It kind of took me out of my comfort zone a lot, you know, and like and this is when I started to notice like my parents started giving me some leeway. 
because I told him, like, yo, I was like, I'm in this program. I got to do, like, the teams in this program, and I have to stay after school. Like, and my mom was like, what do you mean you got to stay after school? I'm like, yo, like, I'm going to be on my own. I'm going to be with, like, my friends, and I got to, like, work out and do all the stuff, like, they tell me to do. And, like, at, at first, it was a little bit of, like, a transition for my mom and my dad. My dad didn't really care. He was just like, bro, like, as long as you just don't die, like, I don't care. I was like, cool. But my mom, she would always like, oh, just call me before practice, after practice. You know how regular mom T- shit. Typical, typical parent shit. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that transition was pretty big. Even for me as a person, especially someone who was uh, very isolated. And like Ethan said, just playing video games all the time. It was pretty big. And I feel like it turned me into a social butterfly over time. And it was a big transition. And I really liked it a lot. Um, I like the freedom. I like being on my own. I think being on your own is very important. Especially, you know, at this age, I feel like it gives you a sense of... Uh, entitlement kind of and it gives you a little bit of a oomph i think above your peers because you know like being on your own is the best thing like who gets to say they get to be on their own and not like behind their parents all the time right and i think like for like high school and middle school like you gotta learn how to be independent too because then it it just like it makes that flow when you get independent like how we are we're in our young 20s we're all in our early 20s right Mm -hmm. so it just kind of made that transition smoother for when you was really on your own and hanging out with your friends you know what i'm saying rather than being new you're like Oh shoot! I'm finally like on my own. Oh my god! Like you know, what I'm saying having that. No, but then that like, happens when you have these kids that grow up super sheltered, <clears throat> and then they end up in their twenties, being out for the first time, and all those mistakes yeah. that we made growing up as kids, they're making those mistakes in their twenties, but ten times. Right. Why? Because they're older. They got money now. They could do things that you couldn't do when you're 16, 17, 18 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's crazy because when tra- when people transition into like a daily routine like that, it seems weird to them. You know what I'm saying? Like they kind of don't know how to like kind of fit into that routine you get what i'm saying right. fit into society how did that feel it was pretty different and honestly like i'm gonna answer your question right now but i think the biggest thing for me was like the lifestyle change because i was pretty chubby i'm not gonna lie like i never worked out in my life yeah. and i joined one of the hardest teams this rtc program had to offer so like i went to like tryouts the first day and i was like literally dying dog like I was literally puking type shit because i never worked out in my life and like it really made that whole entire like lifestyle change and that transition was honestly the best thing I probably ever did. And it kind of just set the tone, I think, for the rest of, like, my years ongoing. So, like, yeah, I mean, like, being in that challenging state of mind for the first time. Like, for me, when I come to an obstacle, when I come to a challenge, for me, it's like, it gives me motivation because I'm facing something that's I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. So, when you're thrown up in that first time, was that like, oh, shit, like, I need to get my shit together or like, yo, what the fuck am I doing? Should I stop? That was probably much like a, a what the fuck am I doing situation. Because I was young. I was like, I'm like, do I really want to do well, you this did right stick now? With it. Yeah, but like, I stuck with it because yeah. my mom actually, you know, this oh. comes back to parents. You know, my mom was like, you know, like you're stronger than that. Like just ride it out. You know, if you don't want to do it in the end, then don't do it. But like, she's like, I think you should stick with it. I think it's really good for you. And yeah, I stuck with it the whole entire time. And then, you know, as I got older, um, you know, junior year, they had, like, you know, how, like, Port Hamilton is, like, the college fair. Right. Um, I had no intention originally. You know, like Ethan said, I- I'm in the Marine Corps now. But I had no intention ever, like, literally ever of joining the military. I personally didn't even like the military. I liked the program. You know, it was pretty cool. I just wanted to wear the uniform. And I thought it was kind of cool. And I was like, I'm not going to lie to you. I was in high school. And I was like, fuck bitches get money. <laughs> Girls like a uniform. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I thought that shit was dope. And, like, it was helping me get in shape. And I was always on my pretty boy shit. So, like, that's just how it was. But the one day you know during my college fair you know that we all like attend i don't know if y'all went to it but for hamilton yeah. i like this college fair thing one yeah, day yeah 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 and um my original plan was i was going to go to college and i was going to do a, an army rotc program to so a commission to an army officer and i was just walking around and I, I came across this guy named christopher ailman at the time sergeant ailman um and he was like hey like what do you want to do in your future 
And I was just like, I don't know. I was like, I want to be an army officer. I want to go to college and I want to still be in the military at the same time. Right. And he was like, well, you know, you can do that in the Marine Corps. And I look at him and I was just like, well, if you could sell it to me, sell it to me. I was like, if you want me that bad in the Marine Corps, sell it to me. So like low key, like he sold it to me, dog. And he got me that day. And like, I was just like, I'll talk to my mom about this, blah, blah, blah. And all my friends were joining the Marine Corps too. You know, some of you guys may know Brian Guzman, Tim Darchin. So like they all joined and they all wanted to join the Marine Corps. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. But if my boys are doing it, I'm going to say, fuck it too. I'm going to join with them. And I kind of had the mentality. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I was like, I didn't want to go to college. I kind of hated school already at the time. So like that shit was just crazy. And he literally sold it to me. And I told my mom and she was like, the Marine Corps, why you want to join the Marine Corps? Are you trying to die? And I was just like, why you got to say it like that? Yeah, like, I I'm think just my trying mom, to be badass. Yeah, my mom would have said the same shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just trying to be badass. And I'm sorry, but like, if I'm going to join a branch, I'm going to do something not many people can do. And I, right. at this time in my life, I wanted a challenge and I wanted to be bigger than myself. And the reason why I joined the Marine Corps was honestly like one of my biggest things, I think through like my whole entire life, especially through like schooling was like, I felt like I was low key soft and everyone thought I was like that soft ass kid. Speaking on that, I was the one that thought he was mm-hmm. fucking soft, and I think I told you. I think I, I think I told you plenty of times. Turn. I think yeah. I told you plenty of times over PlayStation because we used to play PlayStation a lot. And in person, I told him like, "Yo, you fucking soft, man." Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I just, yeah. I just, to me, it's like you know, I'm growing up like with my pops. I'm, I had that little independence when I was young, and look yeah. at this kid, like he's just breaking out that norm. I don't really know what the, these. Well, you don't really know what these streets is about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Quote unquote, and like. He don't, he don't know. You know what I'm saying? This world's going to eat him up in the back of my head. I yeah. told him this straight up. You know, but when I saw him, like you said, he got in that JROTC program when Casey did that. Me and him weren't really talking like that. I was doing football. He's doing JROTC. When I saw him doing that, I was like, oh, shit, that's some serious business. Because, yeah. like, I, I know them, them motherfuckers is going fucking hard. Like when you train like with the JRTC, like you said, no, they do, they do some shit. Yeah, they, they do, do some shit. Even yeah. it's like nah. it's like you know what I'm saying. It's like mini. They were like in mini boot camp throughout throughout high school. Every day too. Yeah. It wasn't like just like mm-hmm. a little bit of hours. You guys were doing like what's that rucking or something? I don't yeah, even know. Like what the hell runs, a lot of just a bunch of stuff. I see yo up and down the field carrying each other, doing all these crazy stuff, and for hours. And a lot on of those people end. are serving now. And yeah. you want to know something crazy too? Yeah. Something that he said. Not a lot of people do it. How many people were with you? How many people were in that group? I always saw like six and people. Also, like, we had like, like a six, small team. Like five, six kids. I didn't see that yeah. many people doing it. So like our team, like the Raider team was like the quote unquote badass team out of JRTC because like it's like the hardest shit. It's supposed to be like equivalent to like Ranger schooling yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah. And like there was probably like 15 of us. That wasn't a big group. Like considering the program had like 100 something kids, like 15 of us out of like 100 something, that's like mm-hmm. 10%. You know, that's not like bad at all. Maybe less, maybe eight percent of us. And like, I like the challenge, dog. And like, yeah. I just love that challenge. And I always wanted to be better than everyone else. And you were. And I'm still like that, though. You were selected for the program, right? Yeah, like they pick you, and like it's tryouts. And like, if you yeah. don't make it, bro, they say, yeah, hey, just get out. And um, then you with the radius. And then when I see you doing that radius stuff, and you was putting on size and going hard, I'm like, oh shoot, Casey's unlocking this inner beast because that's what yeah, football did for me. You know what I'm saying? Unlock mm-hmm. that inner beast and. That military stuff, I knew that shit is going. That it's going to it's going to automatically bring out of you when you're doing like that whole Raider yeah, Marine stuff. And I knew that transition was coming when you going to to the Marines. I knew he was going to go. When oh you did. yeah, I Absolutely. was like, I was like, yeah, he he he's going to do that. And then when he did it, it was a clarification. And then talk about you know um that that phase when you went into boot camp and like after boot yeah. camp. So you know like um like I said, I signed. My parents signed. They agreed at one point. We had a lot of meetings beforehand. Uh, my parents signed the contract when I was like 16, mm-hmm. wow. 17. 
I'm gonna say 16. Yeah, so they had a right consent. Yeah, yeah so, so they signed when I was 16, and then you know, senior year, they wait for you to you know get your um either your GED or your diploma. Obviously, I got my diploma. I graduated with you guys, but um, yeah, the whole point of that is like once that diploma hit, like I was Audi January 22nd, dog. Like I didn't even go to. I didn't. I don't know if y'all noticed, but like, I actually wasn't at high school graduation. Yeah, I yeah. knew. I didn't. Yeah, I did not go. I honestly skipped like two regions. I didn't give a fuck about them. I didn't need to take them. That's if you really wanted like your advanced regions diploma. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just a fucking sticker. Yeah, no. I'm just like that shit. It's I already bullshit. know. I already got accepted into the college I wanted to get into. And I told him to just put me on hold for a little bit until, like, I was ready. And then January 22nd, the day came. You know, it was a very touchy day. You know, I said goodbye to my parents. And I was, like, like I was hyped, but also very nervous. I was anxious at the time because I don't know what to expect, man. You know, it was the first time on my own. You're going to meet a lot of different people. I'm going to be challenged. Like, this isn't, like, little kid shit, dog. This isn't that yeah. high school rated like, shit. Like, like they're literally real. training you to, like, kill you're people. And you're a weapon, dog. And, like, they train you to be the best you can be. And, like, I left in, like, amazing shape and, like, when I got there, dog, like, it was just a whole different beast of, like, mental, dog. Like, Did you have, like, a oh, shit moment? Bro, the like first a, oh, day shit. I got there, bro, I was like, this shit sucks. Like, I was just like, it's already too late because I'm already here. But, like, bro, it's like it's a real, like, true experience, though. Like, you fly and, like, you're with a whole group of random people and no one's talking, bro. And, like, y'all mostly bald. I shaved my head bald the day before. I was yeah, looking like you, Kevin over You had here, the, yeah. the Eggman right <laughs> here. Eggman. Right. <laughs> but like, it, it really is Dr. an experience, Evil. dog. Like, no shit. Like, you, they put you on this bus and, you know, you start flying to different places. And, you know, once you get to MCRD, um, Harris Island, you know, in South Carolina, then, whew, boy, that fucking tables really did turn, dog. And it was Life crazy. It was real. fucking, I swear to God, though, like, the first week was, like, the hardest, dog. Like, it was, the transition was just crazy because that first week alone was the hardest thing i've ever done like harder than anything in like raiders and i was like this is gonna be crazy like i'm yeah i don't know what the fuck i'm doing here i was stressed out i was pissed off i was miserable dog but you just had to stick to it and like they always say like you always get asked this a lot but like they're like does it get easier i just feel like you get used to the bullshit and like that's really how it is so you know mm -hmm. throughout those three weeks very strict training man a lot of different training aspects you learn you know, the, I think the craziest part is like the first like week or two is like you get an M at the time you get an M16 and like they give that shit to you. And you're just like being from New York City, we don't hold guns, bro. Yeah, you know so what I'm saying? Foreign. We don't have like guns like, like that it's legally. Like, oh, shit. You yeah. know, straight so, handed to you. Yeah. Like you sign everything out. You're all waiting in a line and they give you your M16. And you're like, I'm just like, oh, this is like a real gun. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was like, this strapped. is ass crazy. That's kind of dope, though. Yeah, but each know. week was, like, just something different. You know what I'm saying? Like, one week was hell week. One week was medical. One week... We actually did two weeks of shooting. Um, you do two weeks, of, like, snapping in for shooting. And then, you know, you have the, the last final, you know, stretch the last month. And the last, like, three days is what makes you or breaks you to become, you know, United States Marine. Are those last three days what they call, like, the, the crusade? Or the, crucible. Like the, the crucible. So, yeah, the it's crucible. really crazy, man. It's just you get, like, no sleep. You hike for, like, just fucking OD miles. You do a lot of training. It just, it really blows. And they take you through, like, all these, um, like, simulations of all the greatest wars we were in. Oh, and you're shit. pretty much doing the same thing these Marines did at the time. And, like, it, they have, like, fake gun sounds and, like, fake explosions. And you're literally crawling like, under barbed wire and... It was an amazing experience, man, and, like, you really feel great, like, when you're done. That final hike home is, like, 10 miles long, wow. and it just feels so good because after these three days, you got no sleep. You're already destroyed. You're literally, like, demolished, dog, and that final hike literally makes you or breaks you, and, like, to finish the hike and, like, for them to, like, hand you, like, that EGA in your hand, bro, like, I, I started crying, like, a little bit. Hell, yeah. After I everything, was, like, kidding me, bro? Oh, I can't, I, I can't, yeah, I can't even, like, 
imagine me doing boot camp and like I already know what you was feeling like that boot is fucking military boot camp like they're gonna prepare you to be the fucking the best soldiers in the fucking world you know what I'm saying yeah man and I I can't even imagine what the fuck you've been through so for anyone out there that's you know what I'm saying about to get into this shit just be ready because you about to tap in mentally dog yeah mm-hmm. and that turned you to a different beast because now you know, mentally, you just fucking... Yeah, dog. And yeah, nothing mm-hmm. can phase you now. You can't that shit, you go through that. That shit really changed me, dog. Like, they really, like, you know, they really tear you down, bro. They really tear you down to build your ass back up. And it's all part of the process. And, you know, it's not for everyone. We have mm-hmm. we started with a lot of people, and a lot of people didn't make it. You right. know, it's just, it's not for everybody, dog. And it, you, it's something you just learn, and you understand, like, who's going to be the ones that are going to be lasting with you, and who the people who are going to just fall out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and... So now, now you're officially a marine, right? Mm-hmm. What what came after? What came after that was? Did you go to? Did you go to college? What What was the course after boot camp? Copious amounts of sex. What the last ten days after I got back home? But besides that, that was the joke. So but they they gave us leave. They gave us leave for ten days, bro. And after three months of not doing anything, I was like, I'm ready, bro. I was ready, but. No, so like on a serious note, um, you know, after that, that transition, after those three months, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I started college. You know, I was a reservist, so I got to do the Marine Corps life and the college life. And going into college was very different. I was very motivated. You know, I was very eager to learn at the time because, you know, after going through all this, I was like, damn, college about to be a breeze. So my freshman year, you know, I was really motivated. I fucking killed it. I was doing the Marine Corps, too, at the same time, you know. Also being like a little bit older compared to my peers in college, you know what I'm saying? Because I started and I was 19 already. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel like I'm an old man out the fucking crew with these kids coming in like 17, 18. But also mm-hmm. I feel like, with, you know, those three months, and you know, the month after of all the extra like MOS training. So I was gone pretty much for a year. So I did mm-hmm. the three months of training. Yeah. I did the the combat training and then I did my my job schooling. But you're already mentally ahead, months. even though you're only a yeah. year older. You're, you're yeah. years yeah, ahead. Yeah, I'm kind of like low key, like light years yeah, ahead with them. And like my mentality that. when I came in, you know, everything is a mentality, but my mentality was so much different compared to all these college kids like just coming in because they're with their moms the whole time. They've been like, you know, They've been just babied and you were this and coddled. And I was gone for like a whole year. I was yeah. on my own, living on my own, you know, being responsible, managing my own money, you know, making sure I get to work on time and mm-hmm. competing with a whole bunch of other people just to make sure I stood out. Yeah, you I know, had, in I had my a, career. I had a brother in law who actually came back um from the army and his mannerisms changed as soon as he did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he started taking his hat off at the dinner table. Or whatever, like I mean, mm-hmm. it's, subtleties. It's, yeah, it's subtleties. A, it's a lot of all these like mannerisms that change, and I mean, it comes with the growth. You know what I'm saying of the the Marine Corps itself. So yeah, yeah, it's really and, crazy. and and that growth really did help me. I think within the first uh, year and a half in the state of college, the first year and a half, I was very motivated. I loved it. I loved what I was doing. You know, I got to have so much fun. Party. I knew when it was time to get serious. You know, I knew when it was time to get serious about the Marine Corps. Um, halfway, I'm not gonna lie though. Halfway through my through my college career, my yeah, I'm gonna say college career. Um, I, I kind of lost that that motivation to be honest with you, and maybe because it was in the major I was in. I used to be sports medicine major, and I, I personally just didn't like it, and I just felt like since I wasn't doing great in school, it kind of killed my my confidence. You know, and yeah. I feel like I just wasn't doing anything. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, it like, felt it felt pointless because you was doing bad. You're like, you know, what the fuck am I doing? Really doing yeah, this shit for? Exactly, and and like. Uh, I, I felt really bad. I really took advantage, you know, of, of classes and 
and like I feel like the experience, and I felt bad because you know my mom was you know helping put out for college. Yep, mm. and, and like sacrifice. and like and I was just like I, like my mom doesn't deserve this, and like I was just like bro, like I gotta do something, and like I wanted to do something bigger than myself, dog. I didn't want to go to parties anymore. I didn't want to go to class. I didn't want to do all this shit that kids are doing. So like, one summer, you know, we were, we were at an annual training, and um, one of the gunnies, one of the gunnery sergeants, stopped me, or he comes into the room, and he's just like, hey, like. I have orders for 15 months to uh to like the middle east and i was just like who's a they're like who's a radio operator who wants to go and i was just like no one in the room raised their hand because there was no radio operators but i was the only and, one in the room and you got that was call, a radio yep. operator and what happened? you were the only one that was yeah, a radio in, operator in that, in that room. room the yeah. only one mm. and i was also a satellite operator and then like when i heard that i've been wanting to deploy and i was like you know I was just like, I got to make my own choices. I'm miserable in college. I'm not doing well. I can honestly give a fuck. I want to do something bigger than myself. And I don't, I don't know. Like It just sucks balancing out a Marine Corps career, feeling like you're not doing much, you know, and having that opportunity to do something that you could be bettering off like your whole entire like career and future with. Mm-hmm. So they asked me and that same exact day, I signed a paperwork for those orders. And, wow. and then, yeah, and I told my mom, I went home and I was like, mom, like, uh, like it's I want you to time. know, it's go like time. I'm yeah. not going to college next semester. Like I'm gonna sign up for the classes in case this shit don't happen. But like this day, on this day, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna start this this process and this transition. And then she was like, "Where are you going?" And I was just like, "You might like want to sit down for this." And I was like, "I'm going to like I'm assuming Afghanistan. That's what they told me." And yeah. you know, like I didn't break it down to like the rest of my family until later. Like my mom was kind of like devastated a little bit because yeah. you know we'll Afghanistan get, is something I, that you yeah, know. My mom would yeah, be, yeah. of course. Our moms, I think our moms all have that common trait. They're sweethearts and where where their babies. Yeah. So and wait, are you an only child? Are you an only child? I am the only child. And that's that the, that, 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 that too. It, yeah. And me too. I'm the only child too. So she's like, oh, my baby's going to Afghanistan. Mm. Like, what the, you going to get? I'm like, oh, shit, war ready. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They ain't fucking around. Like, you could die. You know she's already saying? thinking about every possible situation that could right. be wrong. Right. So. Like, I do have a half-sister, but I was raised mostly the only child. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, but that experience was crazy, and I kind of, like, hit it out for my grandparents for a very long time and the most of my family. My dad already knew. My dad was like, get the fuck out of here. Do your thing, though. He's like, Cause my dad was in the army, so my dad was like, yo, just oh, go he do knew. it. He was yeah, like, go fucking yeah. do your thing, bro. Like, go God. make your money. Go kill some people. And I was like, God, oh, I'm like, okay, goddamn. So, like, that that was crazy. And then, you know, the day comes, and I'm not going to lie, it was around, like, New Year's, and I get the call. And I'm just like, fuck. I was like, who's this? So they come and like, oh, like, hey, Casey, like, how's it going? I was like, who's this? <laughs> and at the time, it was, it, was, it was my captain. He's a captain now, you know. Um, he's like, this is Lieutenant Heller. He's like, you know, like, you want to come in today? And I was like, nah, it's New Year's. I'm definitely not coming in, dog. Like, come on. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, you want to come in next week? And I was like, that works. So, you know, I started through this whole entire process. You know, I was on my own. Like, this was on my own. Like, I was home, but I was always on my own because I had my own responsibility. I had to work every day, and then I had to get all my shit done. So that first, like, two or three-week period, I was just getting all my admin stuff done, making sure I was ready to, like, leave, making sure, you know, I was saying my goodbyes to, like, all these people. And, like, I flew to California, man, and that was my first step in this journey. Um, It was pre-deployment training, so... I did a lot of training to pretty much prep up for the deployment, like just little small requirements, you know what I'm saying? Just to make yeah. sure I'm I'm able to go on this deployment. Uh, I come back home for like like maybe like a week, and then I was out again, and this was when I was kind of like, not like my final goodbye, but it was like my second goodbye. There's like three goodbyes in this story, but 
my second time, this is when I got stationed in North Carolina, Camp Lejeune. So I was there most of the time now. So for this, this was like when I was getting chopped for real, for real. And this is when I was going to be attached to the group that I'm deploying with. So I met these people. I didn't know anybody, mind you. I was very nervous, anxious. At the time, I was a Lance Corporal, so I was kind of like the bottom of the food chain. I was like, oh, they're going to just rip my ass apart, dog. A reservist from New York City, and I'm like, damn, yeah, these active good. duty Marines, <laughs> yeah. they're like, nah, this kid's probably going to be a turd. They weren't wrong, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know, like, too much at the time, you know, and I, but, like, I always would give 100% everything I did no matter what, dog. Like, That's I the type always, of guy you are. Yeah. I will always yeah. give 100%, dog. Even if I don't know, I'm going to learn, and I'm going to make sure I get that shit right so you don't judge me just like the rest of, like, the other, like, people in the Marine Corps. Yep, and that's who the fuck you are. I could, I could yeah. definitely, you know, give your respect to that because that's mm -hmm. what you do for sure. And then, like, so... I chopped over to this random group, you know, I met, you know, my boys, you know, I met them and now I can consider them family because I, we've been through all this shit together. But at the time they all introduced me and I met this first sergeant and he's like, I've been fucking looking for you. Where the fuck have you been? I was like, dog, like, I don't even know where I've been because like I'm new to this place. I don't know shit. So I met all like I got attached to my group. I was in a comm shop and for five months, you know, I, I got super, super close to like this group of people. And we went through everything together. We did all the training together, you know, went through all the bullshit together. And then at the, you know, the, after the five months of training, like the five month workup of all the field work, you know, COMEXs, all that shit, we, uh, uh, we had like a final little like leave block where you get to say like goodbye. It's like pre-deployment leave. Mm -hmm. mm. And like, this was like my time to go home. And then, you know, I said my goodbyes and low-key gives me goosebumps. But, like, it was crazy because, like, it really was, like, some movie moment, dog. Yeah, it's it was just, just like, like how, how yeah. it is in the movies. Like, you say goodbyes and then pack up, get yeah. in the fucking plane. Yeah, and, and it's out. just, like, and you out. And that was it, bro. Like, it was just, it was crazy. And, like, I couldn't believe, like, I was leaving. You know, my parents and, like, everyone else was, like, so emotional. And I'm just like, yeah, like, deuces, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, but, like, it, it, like, now that I think about it, like, I can understand, like, why it meant, like, so much to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just a kid. And I was just, like, yeah. I know I was young and... You know, sending your kid off to combat like ain't easy. Nah, that's the no. worst fucking and part, though. Bro, me and you, we 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 wasn't. I didn't know none of this really. Me and Casey always been close. But I didn't know it's because we had a little break. You know, we just doing yeah. our own thing. But when I when I heard you he was deploying, I heard it through Kevin. Mm -hmm. He told me, and I was like, oh shit, this dude ain't fucking around. Like <laughs> here we go. Like best kudos to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I know. I can't do that shit. I know I ain't been for that boy shit. Bro, even just hearing it from Instagram just kind of gave me goosebumps myself because yeah. I'm just like, damn, son. One, one of these guys I've actually went to school with. Yeah, and you're going, you, you're going to Af Afghanistan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you told me that, I was like, oh, shit. But describe, all right, so now, boom, you're in, Afga you're in Afghanistan. Could you, like, t describe that a bit, that experience? Yeah, yeah. So I, I could talk a little bit. I'm not getting into like super, super detailed. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty, but, you know, but you yeah, no. So, like, a, you know, like it's it's kind of like what you guys would expect it in your head, man. It's just a sandbox, which is nothing. And you just, there's literally nothing for hundreds of miles besides just desert and mountains, dog. And like the first day when I got there, dog, it was so fucking hot. I was like, this shit is booty cheeks, bro. I was like, this is crazy. I was like, I ain't ready for this, dog. Like, coming from New York City, it's kind of cold. Yeah. You know, and like, this shit's over like 100 something fucking degrees every day. And I'm like, damn, this shit crazy. But like, getting off the plane, bro, once we got there, like, it was fucking like a big slap in the face, dog. It was just like, oh shit, like, this is getting fucking real. Like, we pull up in the fucking, like, the Max Pros, bro, and the big ass, like, armored vehicles. And we're pulling up in that bitch and we're on our fucking rifle and our flag jackets. Feeling badass. That ass, bro, is like some COD Warzone shit, bro. That uh -huh. ass is really how it was. Some Call of Duty. I was dead ass just about to say yeah. some Call of Duty shit. So like we all like pull up, dog, and that that's just like it was it was crazy. Like 
it was just literally insane. And like throughout the months, you know, we got to experience a lot of uh, events that were, I'm going to say traumatizing and also very like different. I'm going to say different is definitely a good way. And it really like a lot of these events really tested me mentally to a point where like I lost sleep, bro. I really lost sleep on a lot of these events, you know, God bless, you know, all the, the, like, the whole group we're with because we all came back alive. But there were times, yeah, man, yeah. where that shit was like, this shit was crazy. Like, so I was a, I was a medical radio operator for, for the medical crew there. So I got to see a lot of like the tragic events that happened and I used to help them out with everything. And like, bro, like it really just like, it was like control chaos, bro. Like I can only like tell you like one story I'll tell you guys about. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. One, on, one little, on. one little yeah. quick story I'll tell you, you guys about. You got my about. suspense going. My blood is <laughs> ding, ding, ding. So yeah. one, one little like story. So, you know on this base um there's like a loudspeaker and one day they just called you know something over the radio there's like this little like cool thing that they call and i like i heard that shit but they didn't say exercise and i was like oh this is really happening right now like people got hurt or people got killed it's one of the two so like you know and me as a, a medical radio operator you know i'm i'm knocked out because i was a night shift dude so i just hauled ass bro i literally put on my like pjs bro i grabbed my rifle and i just fucking haul ass to medical dog and i'm like i'm like what the fuck is happening and then you know they said uh these marines were caught in a rocket explosion it was around 10 to 11 of them and i was like oh shit like this shit really popping off and like it was this base that i always used to go to also and like i just felt like like i'm not gonna lie like progressively throughout my weeks while i traveled a lot i felt like my time was coming bro I was like, I feel like I always was ahead of the curb and it was just getting closer and closer to my time. Because you're seeing all dog. these signs of this yeah. shit. So you feel bro. like it's like the, the Reaper's like right yeah. there. I was, you like, know? I was like, he's right next to me. He's leaning over my shoulder. It's not even if, it's when at that point. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, man. I was like, shit, this is kind of crazy. Did it so show up like, in like your instincts real quick? I mean, like, you know, when you feel like you're walking in, like, did you feel like you were anticipating trouble? Yeah. yeah like, did you course. become more yeah. aware every time it happened? Bro, like, like once, I mean, like, yeah, the, once you're course, in, like, this yeah. medical yeah. room, what I mean to say is, like, like, yeah, what I mean to say is, like, did you look for the signs? You get what I'm saying? Like, let's say if it was, like, a booby trap, something like that. I don't know. I don't know how you've been, how it went through, but, like, did you, what, did you keep an eye out for it? Of course. You know, yeah. we're, we're not stupid. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But, like, this, this was on the base, so, like, we didn't really have to worry too much about shit like that. Mm. But, like, like, I, when it came to certain scenarios like that, like I was always on my P's and Q's, like a rocket could just come out the sky and just fucking. Yeah, you have to. You're dog. fucking Afghanistan. Like, <laughs> I literally right. like, like, but like shit like that, you're always on your toes, bro, no matter what. But like back to my story, I was literally, like I said, I ran to medical and blah, blah, blah. I'm talking to my chief, and he's like, 10 Marines got hit by a rocket. And I was like, oh shit. So they start calling in all these names, and I hear all these zap numbers and all these initials. And, and one of my boys is on this base because I used to go there all the time you know what i'm saying like this is where we always used to go when i was doing missions and shit like that and like they're reading off the names and i i see them say like zd and i was like zd like i only know one person with the with the first name z you know and it was my boy zach you can call him zachary whatever you guys want to call him but and i was like what's the i'm like what's the second initial and they're like d i was like are you positive i was like can you get a, like a recall on that patient please because like I would like to know if it's like my boy because it's sure it's not ZA. And then like they got like, they reassured it for me because I asked them and then it ended up being like, no shit, like my homeboy like caught up in the explosion and I was like, damn, bro. I was like, what the fuck? And at the time, like he was kind of like my mentor mm. at the time because I was just a little Lance. I was a corporal at the time, actually. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was a corporal at the time. So 
he was kind of like my mentor and he was a sergeant and I was looking up to him and we used to like shoot the shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? He was from yeah. Brooklyn. We deployed together. We're from the same unit. And you know, like it was just crazy. Like, you know, like before like I got to him though, like all these people were just rushing into like the medical facility and they're like in so much pain and agony and, and like fear. And you, you can literally feel like the fear coming off this people dog. And like that shit put fear in my heart. Cause I saw these people with all these injuries and all the blood and all the fucking screaming. And I was just like, I don't want that to be me. I was like, I was like, bro, like it's crazy because I feel like my time was coming soon. I was like, right. like possibly, like this could be me. I could be in that trauma care center right now, getting operated and, on, and, and my you, mom don't even know this. Mom could be at work, you know. Like imagine like what their families are thinking, like they're okay. But yeah, yeah they're and then they, dying and then the they're, they're dying on the table. And like you said, I can only imagine like the screams and shit. It's like it's like in the movie, like yeah. when they have the boom and all, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like of holy course. fuck. And there's no time. There's no time to have that to fucking process. emotional reaction. You cannot do that because emotions will always cause you to fucking fail on the spot. Yeah. So it's just mm -hmm. instinct. We're all working diligently. You know what I'm saying? We all did our job. We all worked like great. And like luckily, like we saved everyone's life that wow. day, dog. Mm -hmm. And like that was most important to me, even though like in my head, Smooth. I'm always just like, Word. you know, in my head, I'm just like, we failed the mission. They got hurt. But in the end, we also did what we know best and we help save their lives though. And, and, and they all got home to their families. And to this day, you're like, yeah, I fuck, like, fucking did that shit. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's an amazing process to be part of, bro. It really is truly like an honor to like serve with those people that I was with because I will never look at this experience like any other way if it wasn't for these people, dog. Mm. And that shit, like I said, forever, like forever, ever changed my life. And like before he even got to fly out like on the helicopter to like yada, 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 I looked at him, bro, like on the chair, like on the little trauma care, like, yeah. and I was just like, bro, what happened, dog? I was like, what happened? And he was like, they got me, dog. They <laughs> fucking got me. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's like yo, a typical movie yo, show. Yeah. <laughs> to, have a, to have like a sense of humor through that, Mm -hmm. That's 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 gold. No, nah, but yeah, that's gold. like a movie. Yeah. That's like a movie scene. That's gold. I can man. see. I can Come see on. that. Like they got me, man. They fucking got me. <laughs> and I was looking at him, and I was like, and he banned the brothers shit. Yeah, bro. I was like, bro. I know you high as shit right now. So the drugs are definitely talking. I know you don't feel no pain. But I said, when you get back home, I definitely got you with a pimp cane, no cap. He's like. Bet I can't wait to use the fucking pimp cane. I better see you in Brooklyn. And I was like, say less, dog. Wow. Say less. And then that was the last time I saw him until like the you know the time we were heading back home. Wow. What like you definitely? How was it just also like being like isolated like that in Afghanistan in the desert and whatnot? Like you was just like you know did you did you have a hard time? Mm, so being I feel like so isolated and away from the world like it really goes to show you like time is everything time is literally everything you don't take anything for granted because every minute over there like counts you know where like, you're so distracted here mm -hmm. you know in the united states like you have so many things you're either walking around you're on your phone you're you're talking to someone yeah. you're looking at the fucking sky the skyscraper you construction just small distractions like that there's like no distractions out there like you just be thinking to yourself 24 7 you'd be thinking about everything every minute of the day and like that's what I learned. Like I said, I will never take time and people for granted again because those are two things you can never get back, yeah, dog. Ever. Those were the two most important lessons. Yeah. So, I said in the intro, uh, you said your whole story, right? Kid that kind of been isolated from people, then became a social butterfly, like in high school, did GRTC. Was a is a is a marine. Sorry for saying was mm -hmm. is a marine. You have the rear hat on. 
How the fuck you got into into music and rap? That's the big question. Ooh. Me, I would have never expect that. Yeah, we're in cars and used to when when we drive around, you everyone lip syncs car like yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but how like a kid like you, like what made you say, yo, I could rap or like yo, I wanna rap? What was that of what describe that process for me in that ongoing process? So I started music, I'm gonna say like my freshman year of college, man. Like I, I was obviously still in the Marine Corps too. It kind of low key like helped me out, you know, gave me a little bit of like an influence. But like, like I started my freshman year because I heard this song on the radio. I'm not gonna mention whose song it is, but I heard this song on the radio and I was like, I can't believe this song is dead ass on the radio right now. Like this shit is garbage. And I was like, nah, I definitely could do something better. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not trying to be that person, dog. And I'm not trying to sound like cocky or whatever but like i always felt like i was destined for fucking greatness and i always loved seeing celebrities i feel like being a celebrity was just some fucking dope ass shit and i was like i want to be a fucking celebrity i was like i want to fucking do this so you know i started you know with a with a friend of mine back then you know me and him are like not on okay terms you know what i'm saying acquaintance now but um we worked you know i worked on music with him for a little bit i just did it as a hobby nothing serious and then um one day i was just like nah i'm gonna take this shit to the next level dog I was like, I think I could do this. And I, I was getting better. Every song I was doing, I, I can hear that I was getting better. And I just needed to perfect my craft and find my sound. So, like, that's what all started it off. So, uh, I went to the studio. Um, I met my engineer at the time. I'm not going to say his name, you know, just out of respect. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I met him. And, bro, like, he's my A&R to this day. He's my A&R right now. You know, we can call him Flip. That's what we're going to call him. So, his, my A&R Flip. You know, I met him at the studio that day and like, yo, he like took me to that next level ever since that day. Like, I don't know what he saw in me, to be honest, but he just wanted to keep working with me, bro. Like he was like, he would tell me when something was dead ass shitty and like we worked together over and longer and just months and months, like for every song that I made. And like, we ended up building this fucking connection dog. And like, once he's like, you, like, you trying to get serious about this one day? And I was like, yeah, like, absolutely. So like, this was like, before like maybe like a year before i deployed like we started working like crazy and he started like we started perfecting my craft and we started going i started meeting new people i started networking with all these people and like he introduced me to like the whole lifestyle of like hip-hop and music mm. and like it was it was like crazy industry, bro. yeah it was fucking it was so dope and i was like bro like this is hella awesome i started getting a lot of traction a lot of followers a lot of fucking crazy shit started happening and you know we took a lot of l's along the way but like it's just all part of the learning process right right and then like uh, like before I dropped to Afghanistan, um, I dropped the project, you know what I'm saying? I had a little project, it was called Lonely Out in Space. And it was like my first like official project that I can say like I was proud of. You know, me and him worked for at least like like a month or two on this product. And it was just like, I was so happy with the outcome. And like, this was like my old music, you know what I'm saying? Like, was it's it a not single or was it, was it a project? Whole, it was a project. project. It was so, a full yeah, project. Yeah, project. So it, was, it was very small, a little small project just to see like how my people will react because people were like, never really took me serious, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, when I, I, I would have never imagined, I think none of us would have never imagined yeah. you rapping. So when I heard you rapping, I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. you rapping? So like it, it took me some time. Not it took me some time to get oh, good, shit. bro. Like <laughs> my music was booty cheeks when I started, bro. I, I'm not afraid to say like my music was garbage when Fucking I started. Everybody's and like and I feel like a lot of people that would send it to say like yo this shit's dope. Like I hear it now. And I'm like they were definitely lying to me, bro. Like yeah. they weren't no, even real ones. No, though. You no. Yeah. I was like no, no, no. So like as like like I said, I dropped this first project. I worked super hard on it. And like I'm really happy with the results, and you know this was like before I like I went to Afghanistan, and like the project ended actually like ended up doing very well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like I started marketing. I started learning the whole marketing process. I started learning about like advertising. I learned how to connect with people. I learned how to like put my shit out there. You know what I'm saying? And like once I started building this little foundation on myself, like I understood everything. And that's where it just all started like clicking for me. And mm-hmm. I was like, I could be an artist, dog. I could do this shit independently. You know, my A&R flip, we could make some crazy shit happen. And he told me the he taught me the ropes, bro. He taught me a lot how the game was. We did we did a campaign together. You know, we got the shit together and then the song started blowing up. Like I had one song that blew up on TikTok and it just built so much more traction from like my account. And it ended up just being like insane. Um, And then, you know, after Afghanistan, you know, I was like, I really want to take this music like seriously. seriously." Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm going to be a fucking artist. I'm going to represent Brooklyn. This shit is bigger than me. It's a culture, bro. And a lot of people don't understand that. And the thing about music is like it's one of those businesses that you have to invest in to like get money out of it's an right. invest like you have to invest in yourself to gain profit and that's just how it is you have to build your brand build your foundation it's just like with this yeah. podcast dog mm-hmm. you have to invest the money so like you're good and later on like a lot of these rappers you think they just blow up in one day but they've been doing that shit for, for years, years bro years and you don't even hear that shit you know meek milk 13 years yeah that's, that's, 13 that's years. how it is sometimes man it, it was a consistent grind and you know, once I, I got back home, I took that shit to, like, the next level, dog. And I started working with actual people, real teams, real management, my A&R. I started getting press articles. I started getting all these opportunities. I got a celebrity on the album. I got fucking, you know, I got... This is for Rear, right? Yeah, this is for my mm-hmm. new album, Rear. And, like, I got this upcoming, like, Brooklyn artist. And I'm trying to bring Brooklyn together, bro. I feel like everyone just be shitting on everyone. Don't bring each other up right. instead of fucking. Nah, but that's true because there were the, I was listening to an interview and they were saying now, why do you think down in the south these southern rappers blew up so fast? Is because they, they all did, bring each other they, up. Exactly, but yeah, then we come over to New York up. to Brooklyn and it's like it's competition. Nah, nigga. Yeah. Nah. it's competition. Nah. It's competition, and it's yeah. just like, bro, like, come on, man. Like, but now, like I said, like right now, I'm in a great stance. I have this project. It's pretty much done. It's rear. Um, you know, it's it, the. It's not really rear. It's it's like spelled and it looks like rear, but it's the actual word veer. Um, you know, if you guys know the definition of veer, it's a sudden change in direction, and I feel like that's where this album like took it. I came back home from this experience, you know, in Afghanistan, and I want people to know now that I'm serious about this music shit and I'm taking it to the next level. And I right. did that sudden change, and I want people to hear that in my music and hear that shit and be like, he's taking this shit serious now. Like right. this shit is for real, for real. So that's why I get all these press articles. I get all this crazy shit because now I feel like people take me a little more serious. Now I, I have could- a bigger fan base. I no. can vouch for that. I'm one of the most, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I'm one of the most realest motherfuckers out here with this rap shit. I really take rap serious. Just in, not rap shit, just music. Like, I'm a big rap fan. And just in general life, and just me being your brother and your friend, your craft, and just the person, like, your elevation, bro, was just fucking amazing. Especially mm-hmm. with your rap career. And, like, this, bro, the shit I heard when you was rapping, like, these songs that's coming out, it's gonna be popping. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, they're gonna mm-hmm. be popping. Like, at least. At least, if you may not like all of them, but you're gonna like at least one, and you're 100%. gonna see the b- big change in Casey. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like the storytelling, like just the way you communicate, and just how ah, the art of it is just insane. I know that you're taking it serious. Like I could see it, and it's like, oh, it's like when people saw me with football, with even my training shit. Y'all see it, like, oh shit, Ethan coming fucking different. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk about that story another time. But it was yeah. just like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And wow, Casey, like to top all this off, bro, you're going to the fucking top. 
Because you yeah. know why? We're brothers in the fucking deep end, and we're going to lift each other up. This is what this shit is for. Of course. Yeah. And yeah. thank you for just sharing your fucking story, man. Yeah, man. And like Holy I said, shit. like still to this day, like I'm still growing as a person, man. Like yeah. I feel like everything happens for a reason, and I feel like all the experiences, like I feel like everything just came together so perfectly in like unison, like Marine Corps, rapper and like i just feel like if i merge them together merge my whole experiences like it was just such a great like pitch yeah and, who, and yeah. it really makes me as a person like different i feel like compared to a lot of people who wouldn't yeah, fuck, yeah. i'm i'm looking i'm thinking I mean, about it dope, right but now. If, you, if you do if you think about even further the qualities that you get from the marines mm-hmm. to that dedication that grit that hard work mm-hmm. all these things putting mm-hmm. it into the art into the rap it just no it's easy stop you yeah, yeah. It's no, easy work. You. Yeah. It's and, easy work. And that transition back home, that shit was crazy, man. Like, I was so motivated when I came back home because I took so much shit for granted. So when I got back home, I was like, fuck yeah. Music I'm going to take serious. I'm going to take college serious. I'm going to get this work, and I'm going to make sure I fucking outdo everything I do to Hell make yeah. sure yeah. I'm on top in the end. Though. You're always around people that uplift your morale. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. And that's key. Yeah. And that's right now. To end this off, I just want to say... Um, for one of us, quick speech of why Casey's our brother, real quick. I think that's a pretty good way <laughs> yeah. to end it off. That is fire. So I'll just say, Casey, you're my brother. Like I said in the beginning, I feel like, you know, you're my heart. You you know, this this made me get like a little emotional. Um, you just been there with me through tough times. And like, you know, I don't know what I'll do without you for real. So I'm just like extremely grateful for you as a brother. Um, Kevin, you have something to say? Uh, man, uh just your growth from from middle school man i remember speaking to you when you was in middle school man it was just so different Mm -hmm. i think i could say i think everybody was you know what i'm saying but then you just see that new person like right now in front of me Mm -hmm. and 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 it's like after high school a lot has been going on with a lot of different people you know with Mm -hmm. me i know with you and y'all y'all um going to afghanistan and it's just it, it it touched me a lot you know what i'm saying um bro ever since we've been working on this and even in the past um man our, our bond has actually grew stronger mm-hmm. and, and i'm and i'm very grateful for that man honestly no nah, me for too real. for real yeah adrian yeah man no like you being you know us just getting closer now because mm-hmm. i didn't grow up with you and yeah yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. A four, i didn't mm-hmm. see you before i'm two years older than you guys but you know you being vulnerable you being open mm-hmm. you being a super humble guy you know and also you know going out of your way to come and mediate you know, mm-hmm. some situations that we had or whatever in the mm-hmm. past, whatnot, and you being there and you being, you know, the guy to be like, listen, look at it through this way, look at it through that way. You know, I want you to be great. I want you to do good. I want you to have these lessons or whatever. You didn't have to do that. No, of course you know not, what I'm man. Yeah, I feel that. Bro. You don't have to do that. And you know, like, I appreciate all three of you guys, man. Like, I really do. Like, I'm, I'm a very big believer that everything happens for a reason. And I feel like the reason all four of us right now in this room are together is because we can change the world. We have a story and we have a vision and we're not going to stop until we get that vision, bro. And each one of you has brought so much knowledge and changed my life in such a drastic way, dog, within these last couple months. Like, I'm so grateful. Like, when I got back home, like, I reconnected with Ethan and, like, we built that relationship and now we're just like this, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit means so much more to me than it's like, because it really goes to show you, man, like, like time is everything, bro. Yeah. Time is everything, and the people around you is everything. You can never take two things for granted, bro. Like, it's, it's time and people. Like, you mm-hmm. can't yeah. take those two things for granted because time you can never get back, and people you can never get back. And yep. everyone in this room, I believe, is one of a kind, bro. Yeah. Facts. Always brothers in the deep end. Just Tell like me. that. Um, thank you for tuning in, and listening. Thank I hope you. you enjoyed this story because I did. Um, like, subs- uh, subscribe, <laughs> comment, follow. Brothers in the deep end.